Hello and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch, a church situated in Cape Town, South Africa. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that this will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. Yeah, just um, the gospel is awesome, like the good news of Jesus, and that's really the only thing that, that really matters. I love how it in, in Revelation, I think it's Revelation 22, where it talks about an angel preaching the eternal gospel, and it's like the eternal, forever we're going to celebrate the gospel and what Jesus has done for us. Like even in heaven, we'll, we'll bow, bow to him and say thank you for, for, the, for what you've done for us. And so I'm, I'm grateful that I left my studies, left what I had in mind to, to give my life for the gospel and, or say yes to him. And it's, it's really, uh, it's been an awesome journey of grow, growing in that and learning more to discern his voice, lo- learn more to, um, to, to, to follow him. And it's, it's really, yeah, it's an awesome journey to be on. And I just want to look at a couple of scriptures with that um, from 1 John. So our, our motivation to share the gospel is love. So we can't get anything from people, or we shouldn't want to get anything from people, but it's, it's, it's purely love that makes us want to share the gospel. And it, I want to look at 1 John 4, 19 to 21. And it says, uh, We love him because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not, not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God who, whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Um, so we get to love people because we receive his love. This shouldn't come across as a heavy to us, but it's because we receive his love, we get to love our brothers, our sisters in Christ. And it, it's, um, I love verse 17 also where it says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. And God is love. Like his very nature is love. So it's awesome that like as he is now, so are we in this world. So our very nature is love. So it's 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 not hard for us to love people. Sometimes it might feel like it. Yo, I had a hectic drive here actually. <laughs> That's a rabbit trail, but I don't think I've ever gotten this close to an accident. Yo, my knees were shaking. So in that moment, I was like, oh, bless you, brother. I'm going to bless you, brother. <laughs> but I know that's, that's usually that ex- example. But like it's, it, sometimes it might feel challenging. Um, yeah, but <laughs> oh, it wasn't my fault, I have to say, because my wife's going to listen to this recording probably. <laughs> so, anyways, um, uh, so anyways, yeah, so our very nature is love. So if we don't, if we struggle to love someone, we, we must just receive more, more of his love, must, must just experience more of his love. And then, we, then it becomes easy to, to, love, to love anyone, not just the brother, but unbelievers, anyone. Because God, God hasn't called us to do anything in our own strength. Like he enables us and then we get to, like what, we sh- um, what was shared during worship, like we are called to a, to a life with him, and um, I think it's really awesome. Sometimes we get so caught up in this, like trying to fulfill what the Bible says, what we should do, whereas like the gospel is that God gave us a new life, and that new life is rooted in him. And so whatever we do, we do it from a place of 
being rooted and built up in him. So whatever we can give to someone is because he gave it to us. So because he is love, we get to love others. And that is really, like religion has messed it up so much, like trying to please God, trying to do something. Like, oh, it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> makes the neck, uh, hairs of my neck stand up. But it's, it's really, it's really, like, it's not about trying to do something. Um, it's, it's living from a place of knowing you're one with him. And uh, with that, I really felt, like, it, there's so many distractions. Um, like, not just our phones or anything like that, but it, it's really, like, if we can just, Focus on, focus on Jesus. I think that's, that's really, there's so many distractions in life and really felt on my heart to encourage us. Like the urgency is to share the gospel. And it's not a works thing, but it is like we need to, we need to press in and pursue his love for us. And not a, not, oh, yeah, you get, you get my heart. Like it's, it's really like to, to, to realize how much he's loved us and to really take it personally. That's the one thing we should take personally in life is his love for us and, and just living, live, living for eternity in mind. I think that's, that's the question I asked myself when I was at university. Like, am I, is this, like, if Jesus comes back, is this worth living for? Not in a condemning way, but am I really using my life for what I want to use it for? And it's awesome to build, build planes, to build bridges or anything like that, but... It's, it's going to burn. <laughs> Some, someday it's going to burn. And like, I don't want to miss out on what God has for us. Like, I want to, when Jesus comes back, I want to be sure I'm, I used my time wisely. Not, yeah. So, 1 Peter 4, verse 7 says, uh, Since we are approaching the, the end of all things, be intentional, purposeful, and self controlled, so that you can be given to prayer. And uh, Psalm 90, verse 12 says, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. And I just love that uh, phrase, teach us to number our days. Because it's so easy to think that time is unlimited. That time is, just keeps going. Like you think maybe you have 20, 30, 40 years still. And then it's, like it's, time is limited. I think it's so funny that one of the apps, TikTok, <laughs> TikTok, TikTok, and like, like it's like time is passing by, but it's still, it's so it's so. I'm, I mean, I'm not against TikTok, but it's like one of those uh, apps. I don't know. It's just like it's 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 good for a laugh, I guess, here and then. But it's oh, it's a time time waste. <laughs> uh, anyways, because it, uh, it really is like we live in the most exciting time. It's it's awesome to to be alive in this time. Like if we look at Hebrews 11, all the guys, David, Moses, Abraham, all those heroes of the faith, they were all waiting for what we have now. They yearn for what we have now. To have like the Holy Spirit back inside of us, what was lost in the Garden of Eden, to have that restored back to us and to live, to live in that time with that reality. And, and so in the Old Testament when we see, like if the Holy Spirit came on someone, it was like things happened. Like I didn't, I wouldn't have wanted to get in the way of Samson when the Holy Spirit came on him. Like he, he got stuff done. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, um, yeah. But uh, I know in the in the New Testament, it's not it's not even just for the miraculous, but it's even just to live a godly life because our life is the loudest witness. Like no matter what we say to someone with the gospel, like our life should reflect it, and that's 
That's really the, the journey also the, or what I felt on my heart to share with, like, with godly ca- character. Like, I don't think the miracles, I mean, miracles is awesome, but to live a godly life, to have a godly marriage and all of that, that's, that speaks loud. That's a loud witness, especially in, in times like these. Like, and, and to live a life of peace. I think there's that um, scripture in Second Corinthians 5 um, talking about how we are amb- ambassadors for Christ. I think sometimes we get carried away with the mirac- miraculous. Like we, yes, we need. Uh, it's it's awesome to heal the sick, to see people come out of wheelchairs. But what about just living a life of peace in times of crisis? Like if things go pear-shaped and people look at you, and you still have peace. I mean, that's that speaks uh, volumes. And uh, yeah, so it's not, and it's. Yeah, it's not about just overcoming sin. Like that was for me for a long time. That was I was trying to overcome stuff, and then I realized I could never. <laughs> and then I uh, got that revelation that God overcame on my behalf, so then I can walk in freedom. And that's I think that's also like where some um, or where like so so much of Christianity seems to be about overcoming sin or trying to overcome habits, trying to trying to be a better Christian, whereas like Christianity is way, way, way more. It's, uh, it's living an eternal purpose, and I've never felt such a, such a fulfillment than, than I have now, just knowing, knowing, and I'm sharing my journey, but so do you. I mean, we all have a purpose, and no matter what we do, I mean, at the moment I serve full-time in ministry, but it's even like... Whatever we do, whatever we're busy with, it's awesome that we get to do it with, with God. Like if we're a barista or if we wash cars or whatever we do for a living, like whatever we do, we can all do it in relationship with God, which is awesome. And then I just uh, quickly want to look at um, Luke 10 also. Um, it says uh, from verse 1, it says, The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Now go and remember that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. So there's some encouragement, lambs among wolves. Um, uh, but yeah, I really thought it's, uh, it's still, like John 4 also talks about how the harvest is ripe. There's the, uh, the fields of the harvest are, are, are ripe, um, but the laborers are few. Uh, so it's, I think it's awesome like, to, to be surrounded in community where the focus is on reaching people. And it's not just about getting my needs met or being um, yeah, all about prosperity, all of, all of that, but... Because all of that's going to burn. The harvest is people. We're only going to take people with into the kingdom. And then it goes on to say, when the 72, in verse 17, when the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. And then it goes on. um, But yeah, I just want to focus on that. Uh, They joyfully reported to him. I just love the joy of, of being part of the mission, of experiencing God at work. I mean, it's such a, such a privilege. 
And in John 4, Jesus also talks about that spiritual food that he was eating when he, when he ministered to the woman at the well. And I mean, I'm not a fan of spiritual food. I still like a good steak. But it's, it's awesome. <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, but it's, it's really awesome. Like that food we get to partake in when we love on someone or get to minister to someone. It really is that fulfillment, that joy. Um, it's not a not at all I have to share the gospel I really don't want it like it, it, it should be like a, a, a super exciting thing like when the lights go on in someone it's yeah it's, it's priceless you can't you know. and um, so we can do that in whatever we do in, in, in a, um, a job environment or wherever we are and it's, it says we are the ministers of reconciliation and I think that's that's awesome that we are the people who can reconcile people back to God like people who've been lost sheep for years, we get to bring back into safety. Or we get to um, facilitate the journey. <laughs> yeah. And I think uh, just touching back on ambassador, like we are ambassadors for Christ. And it's just love the picture of ambassadors because it says, or oh, the country where they come from, that looks after them. And obviously it, it says we are now, um, citizens of heaven so heaven is backing us up like and we're just visitors here on earth it says we're not looking uh, for an earthly city but we're looking for the new city for the new jerusalem for like it's we're only here for a short time and so with that yeah i just felt that word urgency like we sh just that we get to partake in the end time harvest not saying that jesus is coming back tomorrow but it's like <laughs> peter told us I don't know, 2,000 years ago, the end of all things is near, and how much closer are we now? And I don't want us running out, out of you know, panicking, but I mean, it's an it's a awesome thing that we get to live in these, in these times. And yeah, it's never a works thing. It's always receiving His love first and then get to minister uh, from that place out of intimacy with God. Because again, we can share, we can do a lot of things without relationship with God. Like we can be so active, so even doing the work of the ministry and not connecting to God in it. And I believe God's only interested in the, in the things we do together with Him, like hand in hand, like even if it's sharing the gospel, then asking the Holy Spirit for, like, how should I do it? How It's, it's not just slamming, uh, slamming it on someone, it's to ask, like doing it with, with God. And it's not, it's not something where we... Like, we're not called, called to independence from God. Like, we, we're always in, should always spend our, our time in fellowship with God, whatever we do. And that's our, like it says um, in uh, 1 Corinthians 1 9, uh, God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with His Son. So, things, so, so many times we look for our calling in life, whereas, like, our first and foremost calling is called, we're called into fellowship with Him. And that's, the, that's, that's an awesome, awesome place to live in, just getting to know Jesus. And then, like Etienne also shared, like that overflow that we get in relationship with God that's going to impact the people around us. And Jesus, even Jesus said, he's only doing what he sees his father do. So, yeah, and he went up early to the mountain uh, to pray and spend time with God. I mean, that's the son of God and how much more are we called in or we are called into that same fellowship. And, um, yeah, I think I'm drawing, drawing to a close here. 
um, but it's it's really like I was really just just reflecting on 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 my journey, and I hope that it encourages you guys. Just what I don't say I've always done it perfectly, <laughs> not, not by far, but I've just said yes to some opportunities, and I got to minister, got to go on on. Um, got to travel a lot, not that I'm after those things, but it's just trying to say that it's an awesome adventure to be on with God. And it's, it's not that, like, yes, we make sac sacrifices along the way, but it's, it's awesome. It's, it's, <laughs> it really is awesome. Like, that's when I, when I look at my daughter now, uh, it's, it's like, yes, there's sacrifice sort of involved, but I don't even, like, we don't, it's not about the sacrifice. It's about like having a child and think that God's like so madly in love with us, and He wants us to experience Him, and we get to get to impact people along the way. <laughs> it's it's really it really is an awesome awesome time we can have with Him, and yeah, impact yeah, like I said, impacting people along the way. I think it's really yeah, really awesome. Thanks, Lucas. That is uh, super encouraging. And uh, you guys can turn to Luke chapter 7 with me. Luke chapter 7, verse uh, 36. And I love uh, um, just, uh, just one of the, the, the take, take homes of, of that. It's, it's really, I think we, we are living in, in interesting times. And I think, uh, like Lucas said, urgency. And uh, we've been really ministering this, this along the same lines. Um, over the last three weeks, I would say at, at Tigerberg, at uh, our campus at Tigerberg, is this thing of there's so many distractions. You talk now a little bit about the, obviously TikTok and social media, and you you get kind of those distracting things. But then ultimately also um, just distractions in the sense of uh, what are people talking about more than anything else? Um, the conversations that you are engaged with on a on a daily basis. What are people talking about? They're so many topics that people are talking about in this morning uh, and Tigerberg as well. Just that uh, one of the scriptures we looked at is from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 where Paul said in verse 2 specifically and it says that he was, he was determined to know nothing. He was determined, he went out of his way to know nothing except one thing. He was consumed with one thing. And that's Jesus and Him crucified. Now, there's a lot of things that you can be consumed with. There's a lot of things that you can be uh, talking about on a daily basis. But if we want to see the manifestation of heaven here on earth, if we want to see the reappearing of Jesus again, the gospel needs to be preached. That's the one thing that's on God's heart. Not a hundred other things. It's one thing. The gospel is the only thing that's got the power to bring change. Change in people's lives for eternity and change in people's lives here on earth. Because the gospel changes hearts. When someone's heart is changed, their life will be changed. And so when we become consumed with that one thing and, and start to build this urgency for that one thing, not those two things, not those three things, because guess what? The moment you start to get involved in five things or ten things, what happens? You start diluting your efforts into that one thing, that one centered focus. And that's not to say you have to kind of quit your, uh, your, 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 your vocation or you have to stop your studies and things like that. But you have to ask yourself the question, 
Why am I doing what I'm doing? Is it about the one thing? Or is it about prestige? Is it about status? Is it about prosperity? Because if it's about those things, man, you're not going to be satisfied. You're not going to be fulfilled. And guess what? You're not going to leave and make an impact here on earth. You're not going to help usher people into eternity. Before we go to Luke chapter 7, let's go to, oh, we'll come to Luke chapter 7 in a moment. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19. This is beautiful. This is awesome. Paul writing to the church and he says, After all, what gives us hope and joy and what will be our proud reward and crown as we stand before our Lord Jesus when he returns? He's asking this question. When Jesus returns, when we're standing in front of him, what is going to be our proud reward? Is it going to be our mansions that we build? Is it going to be our, our, our million rand corporations? Is it going to be the amount of friends that I had? What is going to be our crown of reward? It is you. You are pride and joy. Jesus is about people. God is about people encountering His love. And this is what Paul is writing about. He's like, my life is about people. People encountering the love of God. People coming to know God's love for them. In, first, uh, in Colossians chapter 1, verse, uh, uh, at the end of the chapter, Paul is also writing and he says, he's writing and he says, I labor with a tireless intensity to make known to how people come to know the love of Christ. That is, that is what his life is and his ministry was about. And that is the urgency to establish in our hearts. But how do we establish that urgency in our hearts? Because it's one thing to talk about that urgency, but it's another thing to have that urgency set off a fire in our hearts that can never be diminished. Let's go to Luke chapter 7. And Luke, uh, Lucas touched on a, a little bit of that, that foundation. And throughout worship, through the ministry time, we, we shared some verses in light of that. And Luke, uh, Lucas, look at it, uh, 1 John chapter 4. But let's look at Luke chapter 7, and we see this beautiful example, practical example of a radical demonstration of a, a life sacrifice, because that's what it boils down to. It's a life that is sacrificed to, to glorify Jesus. That's what we're talking about when we're living in urgency. It's a, it's a life that is sacrificed to live for something other than yourself. It's a life that, as it's, uh, Paul says in Romans 12, verse 2, our reasonable service is a life sacrifice, being living sacrifices. But that is in response to His love and His mercies. So living sacrifice is the fruit. A life of urgency is the fruit of what? Of His love and His mercies. And we see the woman uh, in uh, Luke chapter 7, uh, the Various translations call calls it different things. But let's look at the passage in the story. And this is one of my, my favorite uh, passages out of the Bible. Luke chapter 7, verse 36. And we'll read it together. And uh, let's allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us. And just set off that spark or that fire in our hearts 
for a life of sacrifice, a life of urgency. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful abaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. Now just to pause there quickly, um, some uh, research and uh, historians have, have uh, kind of equated this, the, the, the value to this jar of oil that she poured out at his feet was a year's wages. Now that's a lot of, that's a lot of money. A year's wages just there in a moment just being poured out. Without a thought. Verse 38. Then she knelt behind him at his feet weeping. Her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other. But neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus replied. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who has forgiven little shows only a little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Now, what is the take home from this? If you come to know the love of Christ and how much he's laid down for you, truly come to know, not intellectually know through a Bible verse, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. No, it's not about an intellectual knowledge. It's about an intimacy, intimately coming to know. This life, as Lucas said, the things that you possess, they're going to burn. How do I know that? The Bible says that. Our lives need to be established and found upon the Word of God as our final authority for all matters of life. Therein lies true peace. Therein lies true fulfillment and true purpose. And a fruitful life stems from that. We have to ask ourselves this question of have we encountered and are we continually pursuing to come to know deeper, more intimately God's love for us? That's Paul's prayer. Throughout the word, you see Paul praying for, for our hearts and, and our minds to be open, to understand, to come to see, to taste, to experience the love of Christ that goes beyond understanding. There's no measure to the love that Christ has got for us. And so the word, the, the, the word of God is continually reiterating the same message, the gospel of Jesus. Jesus came to die for you. Jesus came to lay down his life for you. 
Jesus took your place so that you don't need to. And when we as individuals personally go into this pursuit of, of getting to know the love of Christ, as this woman, you'll get to a place where it doesn't matter a year's wages, you'll just pour down at Jesus' feet. Now metaphorically, maybe that's a, a word for someone. I'm not saying you have to take all of your savings and, and pour it into the kingdom work. But God's heart for us is to be living sacrifices. But He knows that the key to that is responding to His love. Responding to His love and mercies. So I want to ask you the question, where would you say you are with regards to how much is your life testifying of His love and mercies? Because that is the, the, the representation. The life that you are living currently shows how much you have encountered and experienced His love. Not how good a person you are. Your life and the life that you're living right now isn't, isn't about, okay, cool, like I'm, I'm this good person and I've, I've, I've done all of these good deeds. The life that you are living today, the fruit that you are bearing today is a representation of you having experienced the love of Jesus for you. We shouldn't put the cart in front of the horses. We need to allow the love of Christ to compel us. Because His love is compelling. Can I get an amen? Man, it was quiet in you. So, and this is, it's so simple. Religion has complicated it. Religion has twisted this. The, the, the devil has twisted this. Trying to make us jump through a thousand hoops. Go through 500 courses and schools. And not to say ministry school and things like that is bad. We've got a ministry school um, and uh, various courses and things like that. But ultimately... They all need to point to one thing, Jesus, the love of Christ and His love living inside of you, you coming to know His Spirit, coming to become intimately acquainted with His love for you. And your life will not be, or your life will not be able to be anything but a living sacrifice to establish His kingdom here on earth. Whether you're a doctor whether you're a teacher, whether you're an engineer, whether you're a designer, a music teacher, it doesn't matter what your vocation is. Yes, God wants to maybe show you a specific vocation or a specific um, direction wherein uh, He wants to have His love manifest through you. Yes, like I'm saying those things are important. But that will come as an overflow as you seek and you're being established in His love for you. Then you'll start to come to know your design and, and how He's designed you. But your design is there for a purpose, not for you to have fun. Like having fun is good. You're going to have fun as a byproduct. Lucas is having fun as a byproduct of just following God's, uh, God's uh, purposes for his life. But his purpose, his pursuit wasn't to have fun. His purpose, his pursuit wasn't to be a successful business person. When it was to just be an engineer for various whatever reasons, it failed. But when his life became consumed with God's love for him and a pursuit of God's love for him, 
It overflowed in him being a minister, full-time minister in the ministry. And, and whether you're a doctor, like I said, or a teacher, let not that be your pursuit, being the best teacher in the world for, be, for the sake of being the best teacher. Because there's not going to be walls in your mansion in heaven of putting up that certificate, doctor, best teacher in the world. There's going to be none of that. But the people whose lives you've impacted for eternity, as Paul says, you are crying and our reward. People. That is what you're going to, get, uh, going to get to celebrate in heaven one day when Jesus reappears. Amen. Let's stand together. I want to close fast and pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, just for such a powerful time together of just receiving your word. And thank you, Holy Spirit, right now that you are just ministering to hearts, just love overflowing our hearts with just your love, your goodness. Thank you, Father, as this, this woman in Luke chapter 7 just came pouring, pouring out all of her life at Jesus' feet. I thank you, Father, that as that desire is being set off in our hearts to, to be living sacrifices, establish your kingdom here on earth. I thank you, Father, that you're just showing us your love and your goodness. Because we get to be living sacrifices as a response to your love. Man, it's easy to sacrifice for God's kingdom and His purposes here on earth when we know how much He loves us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for everything that you've done for us. Man, this world is, is falling apart little by little. Things are changing. People are losing their jobs. People are dying of various sicknesses. There's so much that it is uncertain in this world. Maybe your life is, is kind of in chaos. Maybe you, you're in distress right now because you've, you've bought into uncertain riches. You've established your life on uncertain riches. Things that are temporal, things that are fluctuating, inconsistent. not condemning word it's just a it's a liberating word because you get to shift your focus completely and place it on the one constant and that is the love of christ an eternity that has been set up for us thank you jesus thank you father that as we come to purpose and and be mindful of one thing your love your goodness and your gospel our lives can find purpose in that, fulfillment in that, fruitfulness in that. And that will affect our vocations as teachers, doctors, mothers, fathers, husbands, wives. Every area of our life will be impacted and affected by, by your love for us. Thank you, Jesus.
Amen. If you're ever in the Cape Town area, we want to invite you to come fellowship with us at one of our life groups or Sunday gatherings. You can find out more about Grace Life Rondebosch by email at info at gracelife.co or check us out on our Facebook page, Grace Life Rondebosch.